All right, welcome back to D1 Rejects, everybody. Uh, Hunter Chambers here today, joined with uh, Kobe Manzo, Drew Karp. Um, we got two great guests on today. First, we have defensive tackle Tier Turner. Tier. Tier Turner, yeah. Davenport University, one of GLIAC's teams. We've yet to represent on the podcast. Up next is also Kobe and I's head coach in high school, John Blackstock, name drop, mm-hmm. but uh, who joins us and talks about high school and how their season went with COVID. Kobe, what else is on the show today? It's a packed show. And it's a packed we're gonna show. have I'm really optimistic. We're gonna have two great conversations, like you said. A team that we have not had represented yet in the podcast in Davenport. But if you're really looking forward to those conversations, what you can do is go down in the YouTube description time or stamps, just scroll stamps, 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 on that red stamps, line at the bottom of the YouTube video. If you're if you're listening to, we appreciate you. But just a heads up, you can use those timestamps to get right to those conversations if you'd like. But if you choose to listen to our banter on the NFL and college football, we would also really appreciate that. So Starting things off, we posted a poll on our Twitter last week, D1 underscore rejects, on who you guys thought deserved the Heisman Trophy, and Mac Jones led the vote with 52%, with Kyle Trask behind him at 38%, and 10% thinking that somebody else will get the trophy. Now, this was before Florida's loss against LSU, so I will preface it by saying that, and that's something we will talk about, is the shoe throw down the field that cost the Florida Gators their biggest game of the year, and probably any type of college football playoff hopes. So mm-hmm. that's 100%. something we'll be talking about here pretty soon. Um, on the NFL side of things, Josh Allen and the Bills knock off the Steelers for the second loss in a row for Pittsburgh. Unreal. Um, and they're no longer the, the one seed in the Can't AFC. Can't dance to wins anymore. Can't dance no, to wins anymore. They shouldn't be dancing on any more logos after that. But <laughs> going off of that, the boys, and by the boys I mean Drew and myself, made a trip down to Cleveland where we witnessed the game of the year. In a Monday night football classic, people are calling it the game of the year. And I guess by people, I mean myself because I just did. It was a fantastic game. Monday night football, Browns-Ravens, divisional game. We're going to talk about that. Um, but so much other great content. So stick around, per usual, chilling in the basement, talking some football. Video available on YouTube. Otherwise, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, you're going to find us. Let's go right to that conversation with Tier. Joining us today on Division One Rejects is the six foot two, three hundred and five pound redshirt sophomore defensive tackle looking to make a name for himself in the GLIAC at Davenport University. Previously with the Indiana State Sycamores, excuse me, it's Tier Turner. What's going on, Tier? How are you? Nothing so much, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Just uh, loving being able to talk football. Had some awesome guests on the last couple of weeks, and. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't really excited for this conversation. When do you guys uh, go back up to campus? Um, January 10th, I believe. Okay, yeah. Pretty similar Pretty similar timing, I know, for me at least. I don't know about you guys. But um, are you guys going to be doing, like, I know for Northern, everyone's getting tested for COVID as soon as they come back on campus. What's the protocol for getting you guys back on campus like for Davenport? Well, um, it's pretty much the same. We get te- we're going to get tested when we first come down. Okay. And then we're going to just go from there. Yeah. All right. Well, what has this been like? Um, I'm assuming you've been home here for, what, almost a month probably, right? I mean, we've all been home for yeah. almost a month. Exactly. A month so I don't, I'd assume you've been home for quite a bit now. What's it been like being home and uh, trying to stay in shape and get ready for some type of competition in the spring for us? Well, um, you know, staying in shape, isn't, it hasn't been really that hard at home. You know, yeah, I, I got you. have a good workout regimen and, I have good workout partners when I'm here. It's just uh, eating right is a lot harder at home. <laughs> I, I feel you, big man. I feel you, big man. <laughs> yes, it is, dude. Nothing like that 
the difference between dorm food and some home cooked meals. And I'm that with mom you. making that food. Oh, the mom it, it, making it that catches food catches up to you. <laughs> Man. But yeah, when mom makes the food, sometimes you gotta warn her, like, "Mom, hold on, hold on, hold on, I can't be eating all that." Oh, it's I great. Love that. Like, I, I, I'll take another plate, but like. Chill next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I saw Davenport Football tweeted out a little pro, uh, player profile on you a while back, and it's got your favorite hobby as reading on this player profile. Is that true? Tell me about that. It, it's true. I, I, okay. I enjoy reading. I've, I'm, I'm an avid reader, you know. I like that. I like that. Give me uh, the last last book you read right here. I'll quiz you. The last book I've read was it was a book on uh, it was called the out the um out out outlanders. It talked yeah. about the ten thousand hours to become a master or something. I've actually I've actually read those. I'm not gonna. I'm not even. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's awesome, man. I think. Um, I just watched the movies. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> but. I mean, like, looking at that, I thought that was super funny because I always just, whenever we got people on, I always scroll through Twitter or whatever, see what kind of information I can get, ask some funny questions, and I was like, reading? I was like, is it, seriously? And so that's refreshing, though. Like, it's actually, that's something that you do. Well, Kobe, it is student-athlete. It is student-athlete. Student. And student comes first, so I guess it's just a good thing that I'm reminded that. But you left Indiana State after your freshman year, so I want to know, what was that process like entering the transfer portal and finding a new home to go play football? Well, when you when you enter the the portal, it's it's a lot of uncertainty. When you first get in there, you're kind of scared, you're a little nervous. But then once you start communicating with coaches from every level, from junior colleges to D three, D two, other low level FCS, D one, you start to get a little bit more comfortable. It's just now it's time for you to make the right decision. You know. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And like you start to, um, I guess, would you say that? You know, when you start reaching out to some more schools and start talking to more schools with more options that you have, it becomes a little bit more comfortable and you feel a little bit more secure in that process? Yeah, I would have to say so. The only thing is, like, the only thing I would say, you have to do your research heavy on schools in the, in the portal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you don't get you don't get too many opportunities to transfer. I think yeah. you only get one one opportunity to transfer without you having to sit out a year. Okay. After that, you just have to sit out a full season. So that that second choice has to be your best. Interesting. All right, Tara, this is Drew here from Northwood. Um, so what ended up making Davenport feel like the right choice for you? And if you could, what were the other schools you were potentially considering coming out of Indiana State? Um. Well, um, at Davenport, it was just it was the atmosphere, you know. I like when I when I go on my recruiting trail, I I'm one person. I don't care about buildings. I don't care how big the weight room is. I don't care about some extravagant, you know, stadium that you have. I I don't care about any of that. How are you? How are the people I'm going to be around every single day? Awesome. From the coaching staff to my teammates, and they were just they were one of the best to be around. I was considering Northwood very, very hey. heavy, Saginaw Valley, and uh, a few junior colleges as well. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, he's well-read and he's well-versed because that, I think, yeah. is you knocked that answer out of the park. Like, it doesn't matter about the facilities that um, you may or may not have at any given university, but if you don't have a good set of guys 
to go through that process with you and grind with you, like you're not going to get anywhere. So mm. I think you got your priorities straight, man. That's awesome. But um, you are not, as I'm sure you know, you're not nearly the only guy that's going through that process or has in like the recent history right now. We have seen, for me at least, more guys than I've seen in the past, especially right now, go and enter that transfer portal and end up looking for new homes, whether that be because of the pandemic or whatever. Why do you think that so many guys are leaving their schools right now? What do you think about right now is it that is uh, making all these guys leave? Honestly, I would have to say COVID. I think this whole pandemic is making a lot of people uneasy about how things are going at their university. It's eye-opening. Like this last year, the last this whole 2020 has been eye-opening for everybody. So you start to see and notice things that you wouldn't have seen or noticed beforehand. You know? Yeah. So it could be a blessing, but it also could be a curse as well. Yeah. No, I get that, and I think. What you're kind of getting at here is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, when you see how your coaching staff or your program responds to something like a pandemic like this and how they end up, you know, responding and handling that and how it affects the players, I would assume that has a huge part to play in whether or not you feel at home in a program. Would I be right in saying that? Yep. You're spot on. Yeah. Um, But as far as – oh, go ahead. I do got one question for Tier. Um, So, obviously, as Division II athletes – you know, the goal of making it to the NFL NFL isn't the priority. It's more of getting an education and enjoying your last couple of years of football. But there are some people who do make it. If in case you don't make it, what are you trying to do after school? There you go. Good one. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I, um, I'm getting my degree in uh, social work. So okay. Hopefully one path is I can leave here, become a social worker in any city and try to help, you know, other other kids kind of reach a destination in their life or I would like to go into college coaching actually really yep. okay I like that so I guess sticking with that that social worker mindset right there if right now I guess like tomorrow you know you're working out and you got an injury that you know you're sidelined you're done what is the job that you're going after like for me like maybe I want to go work at ESPN or whatever like what's that for you what's that equivalent that I guess that end goal for you or do you not you know figure that out yet I haven't I haven't really figured it out, but yeah, okay. if that were to happen tomorrow, I'm I'm trying to, you know, I, I love my my D line coach, but when I say this, I'm trying to take your job. Watch out, man! Watch out! I love that. That's awesome. So yeah, would you like to stay at like if, for instance, Knock if you were wood. coaching? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say, hey, first of all, yeah, let's hope that wood, none of that happens. Sure. You know that. You know, never want wish that on anybody, but go ahead, Drew. We had um, Coach Garland. I forget what school. He was him. from uh, Ellsworth. Ellsworth Community, Community College, College yes. in Iowa Falls, yeah. And he was a, he's a defensive line coach there, and his job, you know, like he, he does not want to move up. He wants to stay at D-line, maybe moving up schools. But what, what would you think if you were a D-line coach? Would you see yourself as like a D coordinator or a head coach? I definitely could see myself as a head coach. I could see myself, you know, Beating Nick Saban by sixty-five. Oh yeah! <laughs> hey, Auburn. Auburn's up for uh, hire right now. If I was going to say Malzahn is gone. <laughs> there is an hey, opening. They need to watch out then. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I guess we'll shift right over into some college football. Then, right now, obviously Alabama, that number one spot, they look as close to untouchable as anybody can be. But they've got Florida in this SEC championship. We have what Alabama, Notre Dame. 
Clemson, and Ohio State rounding mm-hmm. out that top four. Do you see that changing as we get closer to this playoff with the conference championships happening? Nah, I don't. I don't yeah. really see that. I, it might. I might with um, Notre Dame now playing in the a, the ACC. So yep. Yeah, Notre Dame, Clemson this that, weekend. Yep. So that one, I I see Clemson winning because you know Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal, man. Like, yeah, he is. Can't replace that. No, I, I'm with I don't you. see Alabama moving. I don't see Ohio State dropping out of the top four, though. Those are the only two I really feel secure, like they're in the top four. Yeah, so Ohio State's got Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship. Alabama, obviously, with Florida, but Florida with that huge loss last weekend to LSU with the shoe throw. We'll talk about that here um, in a second. But for me, man, like, Alabama, like you, you know, you're you're a guy who wants to be in that coaching world potentially at some at some stage of your life. If you got to go and coach against Nick Saban, I mean, I don't know how much of Alabama you've watched this year. What do you do to try and coach against that and all those weapons that they have? Mm. Yeah, it's a tough one. So if I'm if I'm that's that's a tough question. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> totally is. It totally is. But go ahead. Uh, honestly, the first thing. You, mentally, you have to prepare your team yeah. that you're playing Alabama and Nick Saban. I understand Nick Saban is the coach of all our lives. You know, he's the best coach in college football we've, we've ever seen. But yeah, true. you have to get the players and other coaches in the mindset that we can beat, the, we can beat him and his team. Yeah, I believe And that once too. we go out there, I need everybody to be completely locked in. I'm talking about technique from the back end to the trenches, you know? Yeah. Because I get it, um, Parker at uh, Alabama, he's a he is a beast. I he's a beast wide receiver. But Alabama's running game, their offensive line doesn't get enough credit. No, they do not. Yeah, arguably the best in college football. Yeah, no, I'm 100 with you. Yeah, because how many guys? Line, they turn out to the NFL every year. I mean, they're like – Make the know, running backs look good. Exactly. They make their running backs look really good. Now, a lot of them translate at the NFL oh, level. For sure. But, dude, you're totally right. That Alabama offensive line is unreal. But I, I'm totally with you. It's all about who cares is in that locker room, right? So anyone in that locker room, anybody outside of that does not matter. And that's any level of football, man. But uh, I appreciate your time today, T.R., man. I appreciate it, man. Yep. Thank you guys for having me on, man. Great conversation with Tier. That was awesome. Yeah, well read guy. and well versed. Well read. I see what you did there. His favorite yeah. hobby. He really is, man. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was a joke when I read the tweet. <laughs> I thought he was messing around, so I wanted to kind of ask him and put him on the spot. But he was like, "No, reflect." Harry Reading. Potter guy. You think? Harry Potter guy. Do you think? I'd have to see him. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to see him in person. And be like, oh, oh yeah. No. I feel like Lord you can, you can definitely get a sense. You're not yeah. a Harry Potter guy. No. With those glasses? I'm not a Harry Potter guy. No. With those hey. gla- Look at the camera. Hey, uh, I studied for six hours today for my exam, so, you know, the the bright lights, they hurt my eyes. So <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting glasses, Hunter, today. Uh, college football. Florida falls to LSU and throws away their chances at a playoff berth. So wow, did they? You are dropping everything right now. You like that? Yeah. So if you're missing. drop the elbow next to the rock? Senior defensive back Marco Wilson with one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen. Bone. After a tackle on third down that would have stopped LSU drive, he picks up a shoe that had fallen off the offensive player in question and chucked it down the field, landing himself in unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and setting up the Tigers to hit the go-ahead 
57-yard field goal that would win them the game. First of all, how did he see the uprights? It, yeah, was, first, it was so foggy. Oh, my yeah, gosh. I remember watching it. I was like, 57-yard oh. field goal for any level of football is incredibly Mm-hmm. It's incredible Especially in college, like yes. if you think Justin of a, if you think of fifty, yeah. like even fifty plus for college is like unreal. There's, there's like a seventy five percent chance you he looks. doesn't hit it. That's yeah. getting you looks. Uh-huh. Um, but what I found interesting is that neither LSU coach Ed Orgeron or Florida head coach Dan Mullen saw the third down play in question, which is kind of hard to believe. Neither of them saw the actual incident, which is super th- funny. Him to me. throwing the fl- yeah, the- coach Orgeron said, "I just thought." Or, uh, I just saw three flags on the ground. Now it's happy. Go Tigers. Um, <laughs> it was like, Bro, you know what I mean? I was going to say go Tigers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I took your thunder. But yeah. like, you didn't even see it. Neither of them saw it. Imagine how excited he was. He's like, man, yeah. the drive's still going. Tigers got a chance. <laughs> but like, That's actually really good. good. You know what I mean? It helps that my voice is gone hey, from that should, Monday Night Football game. You should keep talking about that for the rest of this LSU. Should I? Yeah. No. LSU, true freshman quarterback, Max Johnson. Son of Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, the Bucks Super quarterback. Super Bowl winning the Colts. Or Bucks. Bucks, right? right? Yeah, for the Bucks. Super Bowl quarterback. So seeing him celebrate after the game was pretty cool, too, because yeah, cool. they said something about lefty. that. Yes, lefty. And that lefty balled out in his first career start. 230 yards and three touchdowns against Florida, which Florida's not the best defense in the world, but they're a top five team in the country. Or top, what? Top, top ten, six. top six team in the country. Mm-hmm. So your defense is good enough to win you games. You know what I mean? Um, Kyle Trask, though, on the other side of the ball. I know you had a hot take on him, but he still had a hell of a game. 474 yards passing and two touchdowns. Also had two interceptions, which is one of the reasons um, LSU stayed in that game. I will say one of those interceptions, I'm sure you saw it. Crazy, Absolute fluke. Yep. Bounced off a helmet, tipped off the hand. You know, somebody ended up in a, somebody in a, a yellow tilt. and purple uniform ended up pulling yep. it down before they fell out of bounds. Which we'll talk about Alabama and Mac Jones later, but... Like I said last week, Kyle Trask has to perform for Florida State to contend. and Florida. Florida to yep. contend. And he had a semi-off game with those two interceptions. And you just saw how they fell apart. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can Once throw again, 400. Once two interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said, you know, one of them was obviously, I mean, it was his fault because he made the decision to throw the ball. And he was running oh, to yeah. his right, yeah. you know. But at the same time, like, the chance of that being an interception was very slim. Yeah. And when you have 474 yards and you have two touchdowns, how could your how does your Heisman numbers go down? That's what I think. That was my outlook exactly. Like everyone's like, well, it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones now, yeah. or Najee Harris. Like Justin did Trask die? To be in that conversation. Like did yeah. what happened? This is true. Like look at past Heisman candidates. Like you don't have to win the national championship. Oh, you don't no. have to be in the college football like playoff. Like RG3, his mm-hmm. national yeah. title. Baylor, Baylor sucked. Yeah, Baylor. Yeah. They were 9-3. and three. Or look at uh, sucked. Louisville. <laughs> Louisville when Lamar won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Deshaun I mean, Watson should have won it that year. Yeah, okay. Anyway, but anyway, like Louisville wasn't a top-10 team. Not a no, no, big Lamar guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially not your last night. I, I can believe that. Uh, I think Florida, I mean, when it, your quarterback throws for over 470 yards, two interceptions, it's on the yeah. Defense. It's on the defense for sure. And they're going to be for a rude awakening this weekend against Alabama. I don't think so. You don't think oh. so? Well, let me tell you why I think that. Let well, me just preface it by why I think that before you before okay. you give me your thing. All right. Let's go the top three, this dominant trio, which I call the most dominant trio in college football here in our little write-up. Might be getting some help, too. Really? Jalen Waddle might be coming back. Oh, After he broke his gosh. ankle. They said he might be but coming back. But even without Waddle, Shame. we're looking at a quarterback in Mac Jones 
the front runner for the Heisman right now, the best QBR in the nation at 96.3, running back Najee Harris, who you said might actually have a chance at it too, might have a shot at that Heisman trophy, the most rushing touchdowns with 22 on the season, and their stud wide receiver, Devontae Harris, already has over 1,300 receiving yards, which puts him on top of that list. I will say about Devontae Harris. That was Devontae Smith. Is it Smith? Devontae Smith. Oh, my bad. Well, that's a typo on my part. Sorry. Devontae Smith, even last year when and they you had— call yourself a host. <laughs> when they had some super talented Ruggs, guys on Judy. that— Exactly. Judy and Ruggs are the two that come to mind. Devontae Smith, not Harris, Devontae Smith still re- led that team in receiving. Can That's why it was that? such a shocker for him to come back, especially him and Jalen Waddle, because all four of them were projected. Yeah, and they all yeah, win as first. So I thought that was super. And, you know, he has not dropped off or taken a step back or yeah. anything. So it's good first to see. First off, what a recruiting class. Tua, Najee Harris, and those four receivers all in the same class. Yeah. I mean, it's Alabama. What do you expect? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, trust me, wild. there's four guys right behind him that are probably just as just good, as if good. not yeah, better. Yeah, Bryce Young. Maybe. Who's that guy I was telling you about? Well, you said, why do you think Florida's not in for a rude awakening this weekend? Well, they are. But at the same oh. time, <laughs> it'd be really cool to see how how much the um, playoff committee values conference championships. Because remember, That's it was good always point. not everybody has them. That's a very good and point. Especially if Notre Dame loses, right? Yeah. Let's say Notre Dame, they're a one loss. They're, they beat Clemson, but they don't have a conference championship. Um, Ohio State's only played five games. And Alabama, if they lose, and Texas A&M won't have conference championships. Florida will have that SEC championship. Yeah. The amount of just, this will be the most dramatic ending in college football. Well, if Florida didn't lose to LSU. Being like, hello, everyone. Tonight, we're going to find out who the final four is. Like, like actually know, have some dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's like, all right, Ohio State, yeah. Oklahoma. No, it's the projected Michigan, top four from the Michigan. preseason poll. What was I saying? Michigan. No. <laughs> Jesus, but I know what you mean. Like there might before might that be loss, some drama. Might be yeah, some before drama. that loss, there might have been. But how do you think A and M fits into that picture now without do the they conference think, championship opportunity? But let's say, let's say Notre Dame loses. Do you think they sneak in? No, I think Notre Dame's a lock right now. I, I believe so as well. Okay, do you, because they split okay with any, anyway. Yeah, I'm exactly. Saying, what I'm trying to say does do you think Texas A and M sneaks in? Do you think anything Texas A and anything shakes up the top four right now? Um, if before Clemson, we go into Big Ten and all that, do you, Clemson loses, they're out. Really? You think so? Against Notre Dame? Two losses to the same team. You don't have a conference championship. You had That's your best point. player. Yeah, You're Trevor done. Lawrence is back, and they beat them at their best. That's a good point. So Texas a and Texas A&M's only loss is Alabama. Good thinking. Especially, be, it, yeah, it'd be A&M, because they have that win over Florida as well. A&M does. Because yeah. that was Florida's only loss before LSU. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Florida wins, it will shake up everything. It would have, man. Especially, look at Even US, now, if it, hey, uh, it's not going to do USC. You know, yeah, they're they, un- they don't have enough around the resume. They true, don't. but they and have more now, than Ohio State. But now with Washington not being able to play in that Pac-12 championship, now. they have Oregon, and that's just not as much of a feat for them to win Which that you game. Really thought, I really thought Oregon. They're off. They're, without Justin Herbert, if Herbert could have somehow played this year, imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were awesome. Imagine yeah. him throwing screens at 1030 at night. That's true. Pac-12 after dark. Pac-12 after dark. You're right, that was brutal. Uh, but let's talk about some Big Ten, a conference that we are a little bit more familiar with. The MSU offense finally hits their stride. Quarterback, Barely. Thorne. And uh, it was only for the first half, come to find out. And, Didn't even uh, watch a play of that game. Unfortunately, I watched the whole thing. So I watched the first half Yeah, with my boy Austin Schlitt. 
Name drop. Go. There you go. But redshirt freshman Peyton Thorne made his first start for the Spartans <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> and was Tell a huge reason for their early success. But he, as well as the rest of the team, just fell off the face of the earth in that second half. Something about those gruffy what? Spartan helmets. you know, Was it? Oh, Is that what was so alive about them in the first half? Maybe that was, was gruffy it. Spartans. A new look. I just... They came out with pretty familiar. Hair on fire. Hair on fire. <laughs> a little bevel. But he came in. Bevel. Peyton Thorne came in against Indiana earlier in the year, but he didn't look like that QB we saw on Saturday. Um, even though he didn't have the best numbers in that second half, 22 for 39, 325 yards, three touchdowns. After he started the game with an interception on the first possession, I was like, oh, gosh, bring Lombardi Here's back. Another one. Here's Lombardi another. wasn't even dressed, by really? the way. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was not even dressed. I saw him on the sideline walking around, and I was like, just that is interesting. Do you think it was hurt, or they just that's, like? I don't know. I didn't hear anything about it, so that's a great question. But he was not dressed, so all the chips were in Peyton, Peyton Thorne's basket or whatever here. Okay. And after that first possession where he threw that interception, I thought it was going to be a, a long one. People were like, "Oh, yeah." It still was a long one. It still was a long one, but but MSU's offense showed promise there. Although it was, you know, it was very brief. There was a glimpse of promise, and I'm actually pretty happy about that. You know what I mean? Moving forward, moving forward, redshirt freshman. Yep. I mean, come on, you have to be Thorne's pretty happy about that, but. Penn State, oh, yes, that. he is. I did. I said I, I led with that. Sorry, it's okay. Penn State had momentum though coming into that game. They won the previous two against Michigan and Rutgers. Um, not very two high. powerhouses in the Big Ten. If you haven't watched any Big Ten football this year, <laughs> but not so much pedigree to those two names this year. Um, you know, not as usual. But it's now, been a weird year of college football. Three game winning streak for Penn State though, and they could end up being five and five. You start zero and five. And end up five and five because no, they, they be got five that, and five. They, they got that Champions week, week and one they week. can make a bowl. Oh, and they probably will be in a bowl. They're Penn State. Penn State. That's a good point. Imagine that turnaround. That would be unreal. And saved they, his job. And oh, that, dude, that Franklin. There's no way. Yeah, save that job. Even if no, there's no way you could put Franklin on the hot seat just after this year. What he's done there, they've been a powerhouse. Yeah, COVID. I think nobody's really on the hot seat unless you're like Owen, oh, whatever. Because or it is unless your name's Harbaugh. Yeah, Harbaugh can leave when he wants. But it doesn't yeah. sound like he doesn't he's going to be out of town. He, makes, yeah. he, he sits down when he wants to sit down. It's kind of true. It does not it's sound Harbaugh. like he's going to be out of town until he wants to be out of town. Until you know what something mean? comes up that he can't resist. Let's stop talking like the about the Detroit Lions bombs. Yeah. The Detroit Lions. Good Lord. But um, out of the FBS, no, not FBS realm. Out of the Power 5 realm, rather. Action. Got talk some action little, talk? Talk a little bit of action. Oh, Okay. Kobe, lead us into with some Ball State. Ball State. They rushed the field too early. They still got the win, however. The final was 30-27 to against uh, what has been a really solid Western Michigan team, and that game had huge implications for the Mid-American Conference, correct? Yep. Um, but as time expired in that game, the Broncos were trying to score on one last play, and uh, as it turns out, had, turns out, had much more success than the Browns did trying to do the the same maneuver of oh, uh, pulling out that last game, a little lateral. Too soon. Um, but the Cardinals from Ball State rushed I'm the field. I'm pretty sure Jarvis scored for the other team. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardinals rushed the field after it appeared the tackle had been made, only to have the ball knocked loose and one of the Western players pick it up and take it into the end zone. Now, the funny thing about this was that both teams were on the field, most notably Ball State, because I thought they won, so they, they all were rushing, rushing the field. Yep. And you had this weird situation with all these guys out there like, just looking around, like, what? What's going on? Nobody had helmets on. Like, it's all these dudes from the sideline on the field that's walking around. And there's a dude, like, running around. At one point, he tried to hide the ball behind him and then, like, tried to keep so running. Did yeah, you watch the yeah. game? Did Was there ever actually a whistle? Was there a whistle? I, I did not hear one, 
But that's a good question. I don't really know. Because, Cause like, if you would have hit her whistle, it would have been like, oh, and then, like, why do these guys keep going? Like, yeah. why did they rush the field just because they saw a tackle? Nobody must have heard one, obviously. I mean, if you see a tackle, you can't just run onto the field. But, it's I a, like I said, it's a huge, like, it's a big game um, for the MAC because uh, that puts Ball State on top and they of the MAC West. So, that's so like, they'll be playing Buffalo in the I believe so. Action? Where we get to see okay. Jarrett Patterson, our guy. Jarrett Patterson. Right. Our guy. So... I don't know. It was pretty. Dude, it was pretty he's interesting. A catcher. He's a dude. He's leading FBS right now in rushing touchdowns, I believe. I, mean, I thought Najee Harris was with or rushing yards or something. Yards. No, maybe it's yards per carry. Okay. Some anyway. time stat. He's leading it. Okay. All right. But I bring it up because it's reminiscent of the uh, eighty-two game. Obviously, we didn't see this in person, but I've seen the highlights between sure? Cal, Cal, How and do you Stanford. Know I didn't see this in yeah. Person. In the you ever seen the, the Avengers? In the, seen the Avengers. Of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Watch the time. Watch your, watch your, know your stuff, Kobe. The game Gosh. where the band rushed the field as time ran out, and then you had. Oh, I remember that. I was one there. Of the guys on Cal <laughs> run into the end zone, and he got the win. And I don't know if you've seen the full clip. He gets into the end zone. And I didn't just, have to rewatch it. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the guys in the band. Was Were you the one I, that got ran over? No, I was yeah, the guy. That was smoked. you? Yeah. I literally had Man. the football in my hands. <laughs> that's, he hit me. That's me. I hit him. That's yeah. awesome. That's why no, I didn't really, run into the Browns game. A. Uh, <laughs> A guy with like a trumpet or a tuba. I'm not exactly well versed in my instruments. He got rocked and he get like put into the ground by some football player. Yeah, I remember. Imagine that'd be funny. I remember that'd be so funny. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Gosh. So the final ruling for that was it yeah, was he down? Ball State. Ball State won the game. So the final he ruling was actually down. was not on the tackle. Thank you for bringing that up. The final ruling was that at Western threw an illegal forward pass Bro, during that finishing play. On. And they had to go back and determine that. I don't know what they didn't stop the play. Which are refs is like? Do you think refs are like actual fans of football? Like, no, oh, yeah, I feel like probably hate it. Like, because honestly, uh, I'm like at that point, I'm like, all right, let's just let's, let's see where this yeah. can go. Interesting. You know? Like, I don't know. We'd have to talk to one. Imagine we remember get a ref in the pod. We, we should. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I remember. Cool. Remember let's that ref? One. He was supposed to like uh, come and uh, ref the Super Bowl, and then he got found out like like years before he had a Saints Saints uh, shirt on. And then they were like, it was the year that Drew Brees was in the Super Bowl with the Saints. He was like, yeah, you can't ref this game anymore. Mm-hmm. No, that's nuts. You're Crazy. right, though. Look that up. Look that you up. cannot have any type of shown bias towards yeah, shown bias anywhere. Anywhere. We should get a referee on the podcast. Mm. That would be so cool. Mm. Do you know anyone who's ref before? I, that's a good question. I'm going to start reaching out, shaking some branches. I mean, Jimmer's I was just going to say that. <laughs> Middle like, school football. <laughs> Middle school football. Yeah, no, I don't think that's it. Um, but before we get into some NFL talk, let's really go to our conversation with Coach Blackstock. Our second guest today on Division One Rejects is a guy that's done it all. Joining the Central Michigan football team as a preferred walk-on in 1992, he became a scholarship player for the Chippewas and won the Kurt Dabrowski Award his senior year for embodying the spirit of CMU football. He got his master's from Eastern Michigan, where he was a grad assistant for a year, before ultimately joining the staff at Lake Orion High School, where he just wrapped up his fourth season as a head coach for the Dragons. It's Coach John Blackstock. How's it going, Coach? It's going good, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. I hope that introduction did you justice. Obviously, um, here today with two guys that played under you and then one that you played against and drew over at Oxford. Um, I'm super excited to have you on and talk to you for a bit. I, I don't know who's more excited than <laughs> Oh, that's good to hear. Let's talk. I, you know, I feel kind of like maybe I'm an honorary D1 reject. You know? oh, <laughs> okay, coach. 
coach. I like that. Being a preferred walk-on back in the day when, you know, like nobody even knew what a preferred walk-on was or yeah. what it meant. That's very true. I know I was in a pretty similar situation as far as that level of football and like a couple schools of preferred walk-on where like for me, I know my priorities of, and you know this, of going to get an education and, you know, hopefully getting my school paid for, which is why I ended up where I ended up and totally happy with the decision. But I want to talk about your Chippewas for a second. They're coming off a big 2019 season where they made that MAC championship, although they lost to five, lost by five to Miami of Ohio. This year, not quite the same. They finished at three and three because of that shortened schedule and lost by one point to Toledo on Saturday. I know you keep up with them a little bit at least. So, I mean, what did you see from this team this year that was so different? Yeah, you know, I think uh, Coach McElwain's done a great job coming in there. Um, and obviously had just a, an outstanding year last year. Um, I think they're still putting, uh, you know, pieces together. Yeah. Uh, up there in terms of recruiting and, and getting guys to fit their system. And, you know, I, I think they uh, they made a real value in effort. I think they struggled a little bit from what I saw at the quarterback position. Okay. And, uh, you know, not trying to be real negative towards the kids that they have. I just yeah. I think they had some guys that weren't really um, probably ready to play at that time. And then they had a – injury or two at that position. So, you know, I think they were trying to do some things to to compensate for that. But, uh, you know, I think they've done a heck of a job recruiting, especially out of state and making quite a splash with uh, with some pretty big-name players, not only last year, but, uh, again, it looks that way this year. Yeah, I'd agree. And I don't know, I can't speak for all three of us here, but I see Central Michigan pick up a lot of guys, at least from our area, which is pretty rich in talent, I'd say, especially our league, mm-hmm. the OAA, OAA Red, which is, mm-hmm. puts more guys yeah. in the Power 5 conferences every year than anywhere else in the state of Michigan. It's a little flex there. But okay. um, I see Central pick up a lot more of those guys than, say, like Eastern and Western and some other MAC schools. I know some from Ohio take kids from there. But for me, I don't know. What do you see from there? I see Central pick up a lot of those kids more so than uh, their Eastern and Western counterparts. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that's, that's kind of the way it's always been. You know, even back to the, the 90s when out-of-state recruiting wasn't, you know, what it is today. Yeah. Um, but at that time, you know, Central still owned the state of Michigan, uh, where Eastern okay. did a lot of Ohio recruiting, Western did a lot of Illinois, Chicago-type recruiting, um, even back then. So, you know, I think Central's kind of always – you know, wanted to have a real solid footprint in uh, in the state of Michigan and has done a nice job of, of getting those kids to stay home and, and go up there. Yeah, and that's not always as, as easy as it sounds, especially now where, you, you know, kids can communicate with all these coaches on a Twitter DM and they can Anything. be out to visit the next yep. week. Now, right now, obviously, that's not happening mm-hmm. for most schools because of COVID and everything going on, but it's made it so available for all these kids to get there. And I think you got a good point because it's very interesting that these teams develop an identity based off of maybe sometimes the areas that they recruit. I know at Northern, Coach Nystrom gets a ton of guys from the Chicago and Illinois area, so we have a heavy uh, influence of that area on our roster. But tell me what it's been like. I know this year has been very difficult for coaching staffs across the country at every single level of football, but tell me more specifically what it was like at the high school level and what made this season so much different than all the other ones besides the obvious pandemic. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think everybody experienced the, the same thing. Of the, the hard part was just the, the up and down. I kept describing it as a, as a really riding a roller coaster um, with all the up and down and the twist and turn, and you never knew when the next one was coming. And I guess that was really the only constant that you, you got pretty comfortable with pretty early that 
there's going to be a twist or a turn or a, a up or a down coming today at some point. And it's just how big a twist or turn or how big a drop will it be? Um, so, you know, I, I think for me as a, as a relatively new head coach, I think, you know, I learned a lot about just kind of dealing with things better when they come to you and being more flexible, where I think in the past, you know, I was probably pretty rigid and kind of had the plan in my head and got frustrated when it didn't go that way. And we had to veer. I mean, this year, like the whole year was a veer left and right and then up and down. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm sure um, a lot of coaches are going through that same process and learning and kind of developing and uh, I guess adapting would be the right word to their style yeah. of coaching. But this this next question I have for you is something that I'm really interested to hear your take on because my brother's going through it right now. All these guys going through it in the 2021 class out of high school right now are going through it. And with the eligibility of college athletes sticking around football, most notably, a lot of schools are left with so much less scholarship money because they have to keep all these guys on scholarship, right? So they don't have as much to give to this year's class of seniors, which has been frustrating for both sides of the recruiting process. I mean, I, I totally understand. Like I said, I've seen it, um, and I've seen it from my coach's side of things too, which is interesting perspective. But I know you're a huge advocate for getting guys opportunities to play at the next level. Myself and Hunter included, yep. you do a great job 100%. of being a spokesperson and really selling your guys to schools. But at the same time, you're going to be honest with them. And you're not going to sell a guy that you don't think is the right fit. What has this process been like for you trying to work around these limits and give your players the best shot at going to play in college? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think obviously it's affected everybody. Like you said, um, I don't honestly, I don't know how like the college coaches are even managing it right now like that just blows my mind in terms of having to manage that roster and that amount of money especially at the division two and NAIA level yeah of you know the because that 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 recruiting is totally different than division one you know oh, as totally a, as, as a staff I mean it's much more like the, the professional sports with like a salary cap right um, yeah it's actually a good comparison I like that and you know I just I don't know how they're managing a, a you know, trying to figure out who's staying, who's not staying. Do they fully know that who's staying and not staying at this point? Um, and those things changing and ha obviously having limited amount of money because a guy's staying, you know, I, I've got to believe it's frustrating for the coaching staffs. I know it's frustrating for these, uh, these 2021 kids because a lot of them are going to miss out on that scholarship money or even that opportunity, which can drastically change where they go and what they do. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so Coach Blackstock, this is Drew here. Um, sorry, my voice is a little sore. Went to the Browns Ravens game last <laughs> night. Um, so there's, there's a lot to yell about at that one. Oh, yes, gosh. there was. Um, so anyway, as far as the Twitter thing goes, I'm just wanted to say I'm really, really like intrigued and just like I want to say like you're doing a great job of putting your kids out there and you know tweeting about them and everything like that because. I I, have, I don't follow a lot of high school coaches on Twitter, but you're one of those guys where I, I'm like, I'm actually really like this guy on there Twitter. There we go. <laughs> what resulted and what what made you have this, such a strong Twitter game when it comes to Twitter your high game. school football? <laughs> wow, I appreciate that. <laughs> so something I don't think I ever envisioned uh, hearing about myself. But, uh, hey, I'll, good I'll, Twitter I'll game. Game respects game. Yeah. I, I will take it, man. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I don't know. Like when uh, when I uh, when I took over in 2017, I just I started telling our coaching staff, and I fully believe it. 
still to this day. And, and Kobe even said it like we've said adapt or die, Yeah. you know, um, because things have changed and we can't sit around and complain about it um, or lay blame. Like things have changed in a whole lot of areas. How you coach kids, I think, has really changed um, over the last few years. Obviously, recruiting has changed and social media is probably the biggest change in recruiting. Uh, I think it's also been a really big change in just how to coach kids. Um, You know, and I've just, I've wanted to get our program out there. I've wanted to get our kids out there and try to give them as much exposure as possibly could. And I looked at social media and said, you know, there's an area that obviously the college coaches are all over. So if it's working for them, I've got to try and get in, in that uh, realm and see if I can promote our kids and, and help our kids and, um, so that's how I kind of got into it. Yeah, adapting on the field and off. But you mentioned it, came in in 2017, fourth year as the head coach at Lake Orion. But I don't even want to make it sound like this. you just like some outsider that came into the program because you're on the staff for over 15 years before getting that position. So obviously you earned the right to have that title and be that head coach, and you've done a great job. Um, and just took that and ran with it. But what was that transition like coming into that role, following a guy in Coach Bell that had some great success um, in years prior with that program? You know, uh, I think I would say, first of all, it was bittersweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Coach, Coach, Coach Bell and I, uh, I was on Coach Bell's first staff when he was hired back in wow. 1998 as the head coach. I did not know that. Um, him, and, him and Coach Tooley, Dave Tooley, uh, interviewed me in the spring going into that season, and I, I think I was like their first hire. And I just <laughs> kind of stumbled upon Lake Orion in, in a dumb luck kind of fashion. And uh, we've become really good friends. You know, I've always looked at Chris as kind of like a big brother yeah. uh, and somebody that's always been looking out for me and uh, supportive of me. So it was bittersweet because uh, I never thought Coach Bell would uh, not be the head coach at Lake Orion. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, and honestly, like, I'm, I was never looking to be a head coach. Uh, I was really happy in the role I was in. I thought we had a, a good thing really rolling. And then when it was presented to me, you know, it was like, I, I can't let this opportunity go, not so much for myself, but I just, I was concerned of how things would change and uh, what would happen in terms of the program if somebody from the outside did come in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it was bittersweet. Uh, I'll say at the beginning, and you guys were a part of it, man, it was tough. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It was tough for me to go from that role of an assistant to a head coach. Um, it's amazing how how big a change it is going from like the the suggestion maker to the decision maker, right? Oh, I like with that. Coach I Bell, like that. With, with Coach Bell, it was always like, hey, Chris, we should do this, or we should do that, or we should get more involved in this, or try some of that. And you know, sometimes he'd say yes, and sometimes he'd not say no. And if it didn't work, it wasn't a big deal to me because it yeah. wasn't my name on it. Right. But now, <laughs> you, well, well, I guess I guess I was wrong on that one, Chris. We, we, we shouldn't have done that. But, um, you know, now it's like every, I'm, I'm not making suggestions anymore. It's like the decision of, yeah, we're going to do that or we're going to go this direction. And, you know, there's there's a lot more responsibility involved in it. So um, I've learned a lot in the, in the first four years and I've still got a lot, a lot more to learn. Yeah, no, I understand that for sure. And obviously, you know, I'm no coach, but I get exactly what you're talking about. You do a great job of breaking it down and helping people understand what that process must have been like. But we talked earlier with our first guest. We had a defensive tackle from Davenport University on, Tier Turner. And um, we were talking about a guy that we had on 
a little bit over, like what, two, three, two or three two weeks or three back? Weeks ago, yeah, our first first show. Coach Garland, who's coaching Ari Curtis at uh, Ellsworth Community College in Iowa Falls, he is the okay. defensive line coach there, and we talked to him about. He does not have any aspirations to become either a defensive coordinator or head coach. Now, he said he would be open to the, you know, potentially moving up the level of school. He's at the junior college level right now, possibly moving up to, uh, you know, a bigger time school to be their D-line coach. What do you think about that kind of mindset? I'm just interested to see what you have to say. I can totally relate to it, to be honest with you, because like I said, I I never really had um, a desire to be a head coach. Um, it wasn't something that I, I actively searched out. Um, I think I always did have it in the back of my head of preparing for it in case it happened. But okay. like I wasn't going to go search it out and, uh, and, and try to find a head coaching position. And, you know, I was never going to make a real play for it. And uh, it just, it kind of happened. But I think some guys would look at that as, you know, maybe a negative that that coach, you know, doesn't want to grow and doesn't want to climb the ladder. I look at it as a total positive, a guy that really enjoys what he does uh, and wants to stay, I guess, more on that ground level yeah. of being totally involved with his position group and taking complete ownership and having passion for that. Because, you know, the, the more you climb up that, that ladder of responsibility, fortunately, like you get farther from that, you know, yeah. the, the direct everyday small group cohesiveness and building that bond you know I try to do that as much as I can with all the guys on the team and that's always a a focus of mine but at the heart of it like I'm not able to develop that tight-knit relationship like I used to when I was really just coaching the secondary yeah perfecting the craft yeah perfecting the craft that's something that Garland talked about a lot it's like I want to be the best at what I do and then you know obviously you're never going to be perfect, but if you can be the best you can do, you can be content because that's like yep. end goal. But Drew, you got some, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, Coach Blackstock, this is like a uh, little running <laughs> joke that Uh-oh. Kobe and I have had over the last couple of years. Um, so in eighth grade, Kobe was trying to recruit me to go to Lake Orion with him, and there was a very real possibility that this was going to come to fruition. I would yes, say. and so we were thinking about it, obviously, with you know your success last year and how you guys kind of like two platooned it, where it was like a defense and an offense. And me in the recruiting aspect, I was considered an athlete. So if I did, you know, lace up the green and white cleats and go to the Lake Orion Dragons, what position do you think you would have had me play? This is like a little little uh, interesting thing we got here. Boy, uh, you know, I, I, I think obviously a, a heck of a safety back there. Um, you know, but I don't know, maybe, maybe a slot too. Ooh. Interesting. I was not expecting that, actually. Uh, Jarvis Landry's, you know, he's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I appreciate that. No, um, safety, because we joke around with Cade, like, hey, could be the Bass Bros in college now. We could have been in high school, but <laughs> might have to be now. A little recruiting tip if Cade listens to this episode. <laughs> he better. We, we would have loved to have had you, Drew. I appreciate oh, that. That's hilarious. Yeah, we talked. Uh, Drew and I made that trip down um, to that Monday night football game last night. And like you said, there was a lot to yell about. That place, 20,000 people there, which is under a third of the capacity, you would have no idea if you were there. It sounded like you caught uh, the entirety of that game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was one that you know, I know we'll remember for a long time because we were there, but um, even Hunter sitting on his yeah, couch. Yeah, Coach, I, I was watching it at home with you. So <laughs> they, they, they didn't want to invite me. Oh, uh, Hunter, you know what? It did look fun. I mean, and, and I love going to games like that. But 
I'm not gonna lie. I, I really did enjoy my couch. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was nice. It was nice <laughs> with with the Christmas tree lights on and being able to not have to be freezing and uh, and I could and okay. I could go to the bathroom whenever I wanted. I didn't have to wait in the line. Absolutely, didn't have to wear a mask the whole time. I was could have went with Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> but coach, I wanted to ask you because, like you said. You know, it's cold. It's Cleveland. We're getting to just some meaningful football, which means the weather is going to be, um, you know, nobody has any idea what the weather is going to be, but it was cold. And I told Drew before the game, I was like, I'm not expecting, you know, much offense to begin here. You know, as these guys start to feel each other out, two teams with very dominant rushing attacks. It's going to take a lot of time off the clock. And here we are, 47 to 42. Baker throws for 350. Yeah. How did, did you see any of that happening? Uh, no. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd agree with you. But, I mean, like, Great athletes on the field, right? Oh, totally. And absolutely had that potential. I don't know if anybody really saw that coming, especially with the weather. But, uh, man, when those those guys got got running around and slinging around, it, it was fun to watch. It was so back and forth, too. It felt like we'd be just yelling our heads off up in the stand. Like, something would be go really – like, something would go well for the Browns, and then not two minutes later, there'd be a dagger, and then Brown, Marquise Brown would be running into the end zone after a fourth down pass from Lamar. Like, and the whole breath would be And taken then the Browns go score again. Yeah. And, and the momentum is, like, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What do you do as a coach in that situation where you can't find maybe a foothold and it's just a – I guess a slugfest would be the right mm -hmm. term for it. Yeah, you just keep slugging, right? <laughs> yeah. you, just, you, you just keep slugging and uh, and hope you end up with the ball last and, and able to throw one last haymaker at the end. Yes. I mean, you guys you guys didn't see it being there, but I mean, just the look on Baker Mayfield's face at the end of the game yep. of like, you got you got to be kidding me. Yeah, you know, like what what else do I have to do? That's yeah. a good point. And you, and you almost you almost feel bad for him, but uh, I love watching Nick Chubb. I, I love yeah, Chubb. Chubb's a dude. Chubb is the man. We had the but. whole stadium chanting Chubb, and he scored on the next play. It was like it was destiny. Oh, it was great. But, I mean, I, you're totally right. It's a slugfest. Ravens had that last slug, and his name was Justin Tucker, and he put that 55-yarder 55, 55 through. 55. And that was ridiculous. But, Coach. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy kick, man. It was. That, that was. It so was. But, Coach, I appreciate your time. Great conversation. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate you, you coming on. It was a blast. Appreciate you guys. Of course. Love, well, uh, love listening to you. That's hey, awesome. Love to go. hear it. Love to hear it, Coach. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See ya. What conversation with Coach Blackstock? That was a great conversation. Yeah. Awesome Love guy. Blackstock. He can Love talk, Blackstock. man. He can talk, but he does it very well. He does, he does. it very well. He was very he flattered. very well as well. Very flattered by the tweet game comment from me. Yes. You know. Twitter fingers. It's really Twitter fingers. I really like seeing coaches vouch for players, and that's one thing he always Always didn't. Yeah. Thought you guys were very, I think you guys were very fortunate to have one of, one of those guys. There you mm -hmm. go. You heard it here first. But we started talking about the Monday night football matchup. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so it was yesterday, but you'll be seeing this on Wednesday, most likely. So, Yo, that uh, was so much fun beat. Ooh. Yeah, so as we hinted at earlier uh, in last week's episode, Drew and I made the trip down to Cleveland to watch that Monday night football game that was... So far, the game of the year, in my eyes, as far as the NFL goes. Skip, or Shannon Sharp said it was the game of the last decade. I think that might Whoa, be a little bit of an exaggeration, no. but Chiefs, the game of the year. Chiefs he Rams. said that one was better because um, Mahomes didn't, or Baker and Lamar didn't throw interceptions. Interesting take. But what's, but yeah, I don't, you love that, a good interception. That's how you determine True. the strength. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. They just said they thought it was more of a nastier game. Baker had a pick six. What are you talking about? They didn't. No, he didn't. He got stopped like the one. Scored yeah, 
Anyways, the Ravens take home a huge divisional win against the Browns, 47-42. to And Lamar Jackson is back. No. After what people no. are calling a long stay on the toilet. And then he walks back into the locker room, and he oh, came right back out to win the game. He did like that little waddle when you've uh, eaten a little bit too much, and you might you don't know if you're going to make it to the bathroom or, or, not. Le- or the lemonade song where the duck the duck walked <laughs> up. <laughs> but when and we were there, and we didn't hear anything about him being injured. Right. It was cramps, right? Mm-hmm. It was so cramps. We didn't hear anything, and we're sitting there, and on comes to the field comes Trace McSorley. Oh, and you guys were probably dude, like, dude, that blindsided us. We were, like, like, we were probably is, so happy, dude. We were, like, we were games freaking in the out. Bag. Yeah, games and then he the and then he hurts himself. <laughs> So After completing the biggest pass of the game. And then all you see is Lamar running out of the field. Uh, I want to know how you felt personally, Drew. Well, tell him how Baker felt first. You were telling well, me. Baker said it was like a scene in the movie. <laughs> he, <laughs> he said, like a super villain, dude. He goes, I'm sitting there watching, and Lamar comes out, and he goes, I really thought this was a scene in the movie. Where, like, the hero comes out, you know, and they're all saying, Superman showed up at the right time. Like, Yeah, uh, yeah they really me personally, down. I'm like, oh, he's just going to run for, like, 15 yards, and they're going like, to. Run the clock down, kick a field goal. That's but what I thought they were going to do. Okay. Before we get off of Trace, we are talking about he made the arguably the biggest completion of the game. His only completion. Third and what? 10, 10 or 11? Yeah. Third and 10. And and Willie Sneed. Yeah. And he makes that completion, and there was a terrible break on the ball from the Browns defender, and that kept their drive alive. Then he gets hurt. He was like one for three for passing, and that was his only completion. Okay, let's like not forget about he play. did have a nice out route, perfect ball. Uh, it was like third and four. Is that and Marquise? Ha- yeah, Marquise. Yeah. He, he had some bad drops. Agreed. He, he, he made had, up for it. He had some bad drops. But he had some really good catches, which You're make right. up for it. Which they shouldn't, but they do. They get overshadowed. But let's talk about First Energy Stadium, huh? 20,000 people in attendance, two of which were the boys. And the atmosphere in that building was still electric, even though that stadium was at less than a third of its total capacity. You would have no idea. No, for sure. I went to the Browns-Ravens game last year. Obviously, the playoff implementations were completely implementations. different. Implications, yeah. They were completely different. Very different, yeah. My bad. Implementations. Did you go to the game? <laughs> anyway, the, you know, they were totally different. The Browns were struggling last year, and everyone wanted to see Freddie Kitchens gone. This year, it was Monday night football. Yeah. You know, the Browns are looking to get their first 10-win season in 11 years. 12, 13 years, whatever. Yeah. Forever. Um, and the Ravens are their most heated rivalry since of course. the Browns left and went to Baltimore. You know, so it was crazy. And you would not have noticed that there was only 20,000 people, 20, people there. No, that place is rocking. It, it totally reflected. Um, we were talking about with Blackstock, that momentum back and forth. And like how it felt like the air was just taken out of that building when those, those touchdowns were happening. And your but, dad even brought up. Just imagine that for any NFL stadium, how different it is for a Detroit Lions team who doesn't have any fans at home. Yeah. When they travel to go to the Titans, there will be fans in the Titans game. Steelers at Bills in Buffalo. Exactly. That game, I mean, Bills still come out with the win. We'll talk about it in a second, but that totally different atmosphere. Yeah. Unreal. So we'll see how that affects the playoffs and everything and where the playoffs are actually played. You know what I mean? We'll actually determine whether or not there are fans in the area. So that's very interesting. But both... QBs showed out in the night. Obviously, Baker, 340 yards, three touchdowns. Lamar, 120 on the ground and 160 in the air with three touchdowns. He set a Monday Night Football record for, uh, or maybe even just a quarterback record for most rushing yards. I think it might be a Monday Night Football record for most rushing yards from a quarterback. I was up by 28 points in my fantasy league. And then Lamar drops a 33 bomb. Wow. And Drew actually got the win yeah, because um, of Chubb and Landry. I hate that. I Chubb hate and that. Landry wow. got me like You're the wrong side 20, of that there, Bob. 27, 28. 
total. And the rush Chubb attack. had like 28 total. Well, I'm not period. in PPR. Oh, you're not? Uh, Stupid league. Yeah, but that rushing attack from both teams, unreal, right? They set a record. Uh, combined nine rushing touchdowns on the night, which ties a total that was set in 1922. Do either of you know the two games that year that set the record number? Well, I mean, I saw it. I saw it last night on the TVs, but I'll let you have your moment. Yeah, I appreciate that. Welcome. Thank you for pitying. How about me. this? I got it. Go Pity. ahead. Two teams that aren't playing anymore. Four teams that are not playing anymore. <laughs> okay. I'll do you one better. 1992. I'll do you one better. Why is There you go. The Rock Island Independents, who defeated the Evansville Crimson Giants 60 to nothing. Then the Racine Legion beat the Louisville Brex by a meager score of 57 to nothing. What stood out and why Only I one team this, scored in both. I was going to say, why I included this is that nine rushing touchdowns were all on one side, right? <laughs> At least the Browns kept up. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, like, that's a totally different dynamic than mm-hmm. the, the game that we saw that was so back and forth. 47 to 42 from those two teams. We talked about it. I expected nothing of this. Yeah, it would have been cool to see them, like, rush for one more touchdown and break that. Break that, yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool. Especially with a game like that. Yeah. I mean, it was anything but a one-sided game. Even though it did feel like that at certain points, the Browns came out hot. The Browns came out hot, and then the Ravens just kept going, kept going, kept going. And then, like, at halftime, like, at halftime, I would have told you, like, halftime adjustments. The Ravens are going to win that game. Well, which they did. Yeah. And But, like, then the Browns came back. I was like, I don't know. Well, it response sucks when as a response. It sucks when you put as an it's offense. Okay. It okay. sucks when you put okay. your team in position and the guy who's paid to kick the ball can't kick the ball between Parky. the freaking talking about Parky. Uh, whatever post. And then he misses an extra point and it totally changes your game plan, which I actually said this to Kobe and my dad and his dad. I don't know how you feel about this. Stefanski went for two on the first time, right? They were down 14. Yep. They were down 14. They went for two. Did you know, this is what I think his thought process was. If I don't get it here, I'll be down eight, and I'll have to go for two the next time. So if I get it here, I can just kick that field goal, with it, which they eventually did, and take extra the Extra point, he's meaning. Extra yeah. point, yes. yes. So you think that was his thought process? He's trying to get ahead, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah, interesting. I would, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And, like, and I probably because he distrusts the kicker, would be right? like yeah, that Analytics, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. When, yeah. when a coach does something that they're not supposed to, oh, the analytics told this, yada, yada, yada. Mm. But yeah, I, w- I would agree. focus. Yeah, I would agree. It was like he was just thinking ahead, like, "Hey, if I don't get it this time, I can always get it the next time. Mm-hmm. But if I do get it this time, here's my lead. We looking good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I. That's what I was thinking yeah, about. Hundred percent. Because it was a, definitely a dangerous call, and Kareem, oh, yeah. no, Kareem like, dropped it, and thank God DPJ was, you know, dude. I would that even was, say yeah, it was, was wild. Not dangerous because, like, if you don't get it, you can always just go for two the next time, and you're fine. And then it's a tied game. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that game was like super emotional too, and just like especially seeing, for Drew, especially for Drew, man, what leaving man. the stadium. Baker tough. fan, bro. Baker didn't even play bad, so it's not like no, he played very well, exceptionally well. Um, and he had a lot of help. A lot from of those people two were saying backs. Baker earned his money in that game. He's been earning his money. What in do you my think? Opinion, but I'd cut. say the last two weeks he yeah. earned, he earned He's been playing at least mind. four more. Yeah, I'd say he earned another contract yeah. with the. For sure. Just the last two games. And it doesn't sound, seem like he's going to go anywhere. I mean, why would he leave his home? Well, progressive. progressive. <laughs> Honey, I dropped the keys. <laughs> my, my fingers are slipping. Uh, they have to. Co- they did a Thanksgiving one. They have to do a Christmas oh, one. Oh, that'd be great. Please. I'm sure they already got it done. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're like, fantastic. Let's go. They're going to the playoffs. Oh. Hopefully. 
It's yeah, over. I don't know if that's wood or whatever. Yeah, but whatever. this is plastic. They're going yeah, to the we playoffs. Don't, we we're going to be dropping Baker commercials in the playoffs. It's going to be so much money. Insurance. No, I do think, though, like on a serious note, he'll, Lulu he'll has stick around. Words. You know what I mean? Baker Faith yeah. has a face? I'm not Baker Mayfield's body. <laughs> Those are good, too, actually. To say that one. didn't help Saquon this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. People, forget, people forgot about Saquon fast, just about that, and the G-Men. They yeah. forgot about him fast. Good point. Unfortunately. That's a good point. I think he'll be back in a big way, though. Yeah. Uh, just like Josh Allen and the Bills. Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs, of course. Yeah. He had a great game as well. But they pick apart Big Ben and the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday Night Football, Buffalo No, I thought wins. it was Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah. Corvette, we'll get it. Corvette. There you go. Hopped in and jet like that. And that was the song that Juju danced to on the Bills logo, which he needs to stop. And uh, Josh Allen called him out, not directly, but he but said, like, he, in, yeah. in terms that I can actually say, let them do all the freaking dancing. We're going to go out there and we're going to freaking win. Win on three. That was dope. That was really sweet. Yeah. Josh Allen, I didn't really see Josh Allen as um, cause a guy no, like that. Yeah, I nobody didn't see really him as like that either. Yeah, nobody really watched him coming out of college. I feel like I mean, you went I mean, to Wyoming, Wyoming. Yeah, but he's definitely stepped up, and you could see him becoming more of a leader. Now this is his third or fourth year. Third year. Third year. It's him. What well, it was him? Darnold, Rosen. Josh Rosen, Lamar, and Baker with their draft class. Yeah, so three of the class. five worked out. Yeah, and wasn't it was? Oh no, Baker was first overall. Then Darnold was second. Yeah. Darnold was second, Rose, and then Rosen. No, no, that no, it was Allen, uh, then Allen. Rosen. Because yeah. remember, Rosen was like, yeah, I'm going to prove everybody the wrong. The 10 teams that, ten didn't, draft teams that didn't draft me. Everybody says yeah, that, every, dude. all 32 didn't want to draft you, buddy. Yeah, now. buddy. Everybody now nobody that. wants you on the exactly. roster. <laughs> but Allen, in his third year, his stats continue to improve every year. Every year. And that's not something you think, oh, yeah, obviously, is the longer you're in the NFL, the better you get. That does not happen very often. No, for sure. Your stats do not get the Look sophomore. The sophomore slump is a very real thing. No, it happened with Cam Newton too. Yeah, and obviously Cam's Cam's rookie year was one of the greatest things, like for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you know, he was really good in the ground, also really good in the air. Tim Tebow. And, yeah, and Josh yep. Allen. I feel like he was a game manager his first year when he came in, and then his second year, he's you know he started making plays in the More playoff game on his feet. Yep. Yeah. And that one catch in the playoff game, too. This year, he's taken it to another level. And I'm not going to lie. I didn't have confidence in him. But after watching that. You have to now. Now. Yeah. But I have more confidence in the fact that because he has Stephon Diggs. And he's still figuring out how to throw the football. The commentators are breaking it down. He's, like, still working on his form, which obviously all the quarterbacks should be working on yeah. their craft. But this guy, more than the rest of them, exponentially. Just because he's gotten this far off of pure arm talent. And he's got some good mechanics down, obviously. But they were literally analyzing it mid-game. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like he actually is kind of getting away with some things right here that usually you do not see out of other more polished quarterbacks that have been He just been has all that arm strength. He does. 24 for 43. They threw the ball 43 times. Yeah. That's a lot. 238 yards, two touchdowns, interception. Good stat line, not insane. It's a lot of drops or incomplete passes. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not a great completion percentage. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not great. Um, you said it, his arm talent. It's one of the best, if not the best in the league. You made the argument that Patrick Mahomes has the best uh, I would say yeah. the best arm, talent, arm in the talent would be Patrick Mahomes, but the best arm power, Josh You know Allen. what's really weird? Interesting This point. is not just because like, I'm tooting my own horn. You know that uh, Hail Mary that Baker threw that was completely just gone? That was yeah, the that longest was the longest throw. PFF yeah. this season ever, ever or just this season. I think it was the longest one they've ever graded. I guess yeah, I saw really? it on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, 
Interesting. Which is, I mean, I didn't know that. Josh Allen completely. I think Josh oh, he could Allen obliterate could, that. Yeah, I agree. But that's interesting to know. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I just saw that on Twitter. I saw that on Twitter today too. Yeah, I would say in terms of just pure arm talent. Why is that toot your own horn? Just because it's like oh, yeah, it's Baker. I don't think it, okay. I don't think that's tooting anybody's horn. Oh. But it's ter- in terms of pure arm talent, I would put Josh Allen right there. I mean, they were literally breaking it down. He's not using the lower half of his body when he throws the football. No. He's like very minimally. Philip Rivers looks like he's throwing a shot put. Exactly, throwing it without his lower part Brutal. of his body. Brutal, and they're playing very good football right now. Yeah. Gosh. Very good football. But Josh Allen, I mean, he deserves to be, you know, and he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league why right now. F- why do I feel like nobody takes the Bills seriously, though? Because they don't have a running attack. If Josh point. Allen Between, it was Moss and Singletary, right? Yeah, Moss and they and had like 80 yards between the two of them, which I if mean, that. Yeah, not, it was not like, good. not horrible, so but not see him great. going to pick up like a Kareem Hunt this offseason? Kareem Hunt just or is signed the, the offensive line. With the Browns. Did he? Yeah, he did. Why? Because does he want to be a guy? He could go two-headed be a, monster. I mean, they're both about to apparently rush for him a thousand and yards. Him and Chubb are like best buds. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That's, that's kind of cool. Um, they're both sweet. about to rush for a thousand yards this year. Yeah, That'd be insane, back to the man. Browns. Um, but the one thing is, even looking at, I, I look at, I watch both of those games. Obviously, the Browns have the Steelers coming up, and I looked at them and I'm like, yeah. okay, playoff matchups. What's stopping? Josh Allen and the Bills from going to that next level. They're rushing. They're rushing attack. Yeah. They have a good defense. Obviously, we saw that. They've played good this year. They beat Russell Wilson, but they don't they have a running attack. Yeah. And you can say that about like, the Chiefs. That's the offensive line or a running yeah. back issue. You can say, oh, I think it's a little bit of both. I would agree. Um, but you can say that about the Chiefs. The Chiefs can run when they have to. They don't really need to, but they can. They don't they have to. to. That's when a good they point. have to, they, they can. don't need yeah. to, though. Yeah. You can say that about. Because they get crafty with it, I think. Yeah. They're very. Interesting how they do it. The Ravens are going to be in it if they make it because of their running attack. Yeah. Um, the Titans obviously can run the ball. Yes. And the Browns can run the ball. Those four teams, personally, I view as the favorites AFC. in the AFC. Chiefs are head and shoulders above them. Um, I look at Pittsburgh, and I see them as the Patriots of last year. Huge defense, ultra quarterback, and not a lot of weapons. I mean, they do have actually a lot of weapons, but... Going, starting like this, and then going like this. Very interesting point. I like um, that. I like for that the Bills, the mm-hmm. last year Patriots. Yeah, I actually do. That's a pretty similar yeah. structure that they have as far as their team dynamic. And they're goes. starting to lose guys on defense too. Yeah, injury wise, Bud Debris down. That's a huge hit for them. Yeah, it is. Um, but back to the Bills. Number one target for Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and he blew up in a big way in that second half. First half was pretty quiet from him, actually. But you know, he finished with ten catches, hundred thirty yards, and a touchdown. And uh, that slot receiver, Cole Beasley, super shifty, one of the best at his craft, uh, five catches, 41 yards. Not quite as big of a stat line, but he had a big impact, I thought. He made some key plays during that game. I feel game. like Cole Beasley has been in the league forever. Right? He's the Hunter Renfro of right? NFL. He feels Remember like he's when Hunter Renfro was at Clemson. Clemson? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when's this guy going to leave? Dude, and he's like, he's like, his hairline's already back to the middle <laughs> yeah. of his head. And like, I feel get him like out of college. Cole Beasley's like also like only like 28 or something, probably, too. He's probably, because he was with the Cowboys for like yeah. five years. Yeah. Something. I feel like, Good but question. like, I, I, don't know. I feel like he's been on the Cowboys ever since I knew the Cowboys. Cole Beasley was on the team. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But not only did the Bills not run the ball well, the Steelers did not run the ball well either. They can't. And it was. I was expecting the exact opposite because James Conner is back off the COVID nineteen list. Their offensive line is not good. They're yeah, not built to run. The it really ball. is not. Like when and between him and Benny ben Snell, had, Big Ben has barely been sacked. They're a good pass blocking offensive line. Yeah, but they can't run the ball. When they lost Pouncey, they lost Banner at like literally the first game of the season. I think they lost Zach Banner. Yeah, and then ever since that, they just. I mean, when you lose two starters on the offensive line, is Pouncey it's back? Big. 
I, I think know, he was supposed he was. to be back, but I don't think he played. You know, I really, who also I didn't he play Joe Hayden. Yeah, huge Great loss point. because Great point. he's gonna he would be manning up Stephon Diggs because yeah. they kept blitzing Josh Allen, making him trying to make those big big boy throws, and he, he did. did. Well, for most part, he still had yeah. some incompletions, but true. Um, like you said, Roethlisberger's streak of not getting sacked has been snapped. That was a big one. And, we talked uh, about it a couple weeks ago. He looked exactly how I imagine an old, disheveled quarterback would look. He looked like he could snap at any given moment if he took one more hit. Well, I'll tell I mean, you it's what. It's Big Ben. You know how many injuries that man has had? He's been durable for yeah. them, and he's bounced back from a lot of injuries. I don't think he can take any more. No. Tom Brady at 43 looks better than Big Ben at whatever his age is. And Tom Brady's offensive he? line cannot pass block for anything. Not nearly as well as the Steelers. No. no. Although they picked up... Um, Big win this weekend. Yeah, they did. They did. Over the Vikings. Yeah, it's just, you know, a good win. Oh, yeah, I did watch that game. That was a big, yeah, was a big win for them. That was a big win for them because that was – they had lost like four of their last five or something, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. Three I think so. Three of the last four. Three of the last, three last four. four. There yeah. you go. So, big right. win big, for them. Big win for them. Big win big for, them. for Bucks. Yeah. But it was an even bigger win for my guy out of Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Nice. Who would have saw that coming? I didn't even see that Nobody saw this coming, and it was awesome. I love him. It was awesome. Great game. They they always say there's those guys. I saw it on Twitter. There's those guys you always could root for. Jalen's right? one of them. And like he has that story where they're like Carson Wentz has that story. He's a comeback guy, right? No, Jalen's story's better. That dude went to Alabama, oh. led him to the national title, gets benched, goes to Oklahoma, goes to the playoff, and he's just like gets. Routed. They said he's like pound for pound the strongest guy in the weight room. I actually believe that. Which, after seeing him like those squat oh, days those and stuff, he's just a dude. He is a dude. He's a dude. Hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was coming out when I when I was like, oh, we're talking about Jalen Hurts. Uh, Something uh, stole yeah. your thunder. Nice, but I mean, I wasn't gonna say. If you don't know what we're talking about, I would assume you do. But Jalen Hurts rallies the boys in Philadelphia and upsets the best defense in the NFL. Is it actually the number? Arguably, one? best rated. I should put in there. Best, best rated. rated defense they in the were, NFL for the Saints. Um, statistically, I thought first start for the said, Eagles. You just said best that. rated. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said rated. Um, first start. For Jalen Hurts, I mean, we've seen some glimpses of him in games previous, but for him to get the start, for that team to actually endorse him, I think that did wonders for, I guess, his confidence and his him being able to be comfortable and, you know, lead those men and, like, actually win a really meaningful football game. Meaningful football game. Because with Are the Giants still right now, they're still alive in the With playoffs. the Giants yeah. forgetting how to play football, even with Daniel Jones back, I lost yeah. that game pick, right? Mm-hmm. We got to talk about our game picks after this. But, dude, that NFC East could be wide open. You know what I mean? Especially with Alex Smith no, out. I, I, I still Alex see Washington Smith, walking away with that. If Dwayne Haskins is their quarterback, they're not walking away with anything. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about Jalen here. Before we get okay. to that, let's talk about Jalen. He uh, finished the stat line 17 for 30, 167 yards, and a touchdown. So I will say he did not put up the numbers that we like to see from a typical. Did you forget about his 100 yards rushing? Oh, I did not put that on there. He had 100 yeah. yards rushing. He had 18 for 120 yards rushing. Holy I think shit. It was like, no, I think it was like 105. I don't know. Either way. Either way. I did not. Look at that. Only that quarterback to have a 100-yard rushing in his first career start besides Lamar Jackson. That's, and the only that quarterback ever in his first career start to have 150 yards passing, a TD, and 100-yard rushing. Yeah. I believe that's that. Man, so that's huge. But He's what I was going to say is that he was playing very smart situational that, football. They didn't that was turn the ball over. Me. Yeah, that was when it impressed me. That was Carson Wentz's biggest issue. Eighteen for one hundred and six. Eighteen for one hundred and six. Man, that's a didn't turn line. the ball over. Yep. Wow. And they said if you watch it, Jalen doesn't look like he's running that fast, 
but he's running fast. Like, oh, he moves like well. I was telling you about Lamar. Like, does he? We Lamar were talking just about that looks way in person. Yeah. In person, he's just head and shoulders above all the other athletes on the field. Yeah, I'd love to see Jalen in person too. Jalen's awesome. That'd be great. That really. Would what about be great. their other fast quarterback that was playing on that field? The Mormon missile. Oh God. Is that how you're talking about? The guy who the should Swiss be Swiss Army go by, goes by the alias of Taysom Hill. Yep. Well, let's talk about Taysom Hill. He still had a great game. Almost 300 yards passing and two touchdowns for Taysom Hill. I, still, I don't care I like the Taysom Eagles defense. I, I like love Taysom, Taysom Hill. I love Taysom Hill, man. Who would have thought that he, you know, two or three weeks ago, who would have thought that Taysom Hill's going to come out and throw for 300 yards? I don't care whose defense against. True. People were saying he was James literally. Winston. Yeah. yeah. People were literally just saying he was just to run the ball and just be a substitute for Breeze and for Breeze. And, uh, um, but we saw Sean Payton come out and say that he endorsed him as like a franchise quarterback. He does. And he the does. Thing is, and he really I think believes Sean that. Payton will, I think Taysom Hill will probably be the future of so Saints for a couple years I, at least. I think he will, but I don't see it personally. That's I really, <laughs> yeah. I really, okay, from going from you know, Drew Breeze yeah. to Taysom Hill. Opens up their offense. Well, look at this. And we're seeing that play style, not to interrupt you, but we're seeing that play style be adopted yeah, by no, so many more sure. teams. Um, the Saints are 8-1 and one since Drew Brees, but Drew Brees has been out in the last two years. Wow. So system quarterback and Drew Brees kind of sounds like it. Interesting. Because Sean Payton, you could I, put Tim Tebow in that offense, and I feel like they'd be I, I do solid. still think they're better and they're elevated their game with Drew Brees. But I will agree with you. There's a lot of support pieces went, there for what, him. Teddy went 5-0 last year with five him? 5-0. Oh, man. 5-0. Two-glove Teddy. Teddy two-gloves. Teddy two-gloves. That's you awesome, have, man. I didn't know that. You have a top five wide receiver, top five running back, and yeah. a top three defense. Yeah. How are you Easily. not successful in That's that That's a great team? point. That's a great point. And Unless still, you're in the playoffs because they can't win in the exactly. big Exactly. There's still two games ahead of the Bucs in the NFC South and are a two-seed right now as the NFC stands that was, yeah, behind, the Packers. behind the Packers. <sighs> so, yeah, Ur is right, dude. Ur is right. But NFC East, let's go back to it. We talked about how it might be open because the Giants forgot to play football. If Alex Smith <laughs> does not come back, I don't see Dwayne Haskins. Which it looked like it, it wasn't a serious thing. No, I really hope so. That would be so terrible for him to come back and then immediately be sidelined right afterwards. I mean, not I don't see Dwayne Haskins winning any meaningful football games. No, I, I don't know how Simba. He, I don't know how he even got drafted in the first round. Yeah. I just he don't see He was like a stud at Ohio State. He was good at Ohio State. He was Remember good. He tore he, up Michigan's number one ranked defense. The revenge tour. Jeez. I don't remember that. Sorry, I'm not a Michigan fan. Oh. But between the Eagles and Washington. That division will be determined between the two of them, most likely. I mean, so, yeah, I still Giants, think the Giants are ahead of the Eagles. I think the Giants are still ahead of the Eagles. Cowboys, of course, are out. Yeah, yeah but Cowboys I would say Giants just had a down game. I hope that's Kyler what it is for back. them. I hope that's so, what it is for them. Well, the Cardinals had not been playing consistent football, and they showed up against the Giants. Well, yeah. it'll be Ooh, really uh, interesting. That's the matchup. Is the Eagles Cardinals this week? Ooh, Do they really? Game. That'll yeah. be a good measuring stick then, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We'll talk about that on Thursdays. We will we'll talk about that on Thursday's episode as we look forward to the weekend's but matchups. But what did you think that um, you said why the Giants are still in it over the Eagles? What were you going to say? The I said why the Giants are still in it? Yeah. It's because Giants, I mean, they had one bad game and Daniel Jones didn't perform. I would say between... Daniel Jones and Hurts. I'm trusting. I'm still trusting Daniel Jones to lead a team over Hurts. Yes, he had one great game against a very good team, but let's yeah. just see him next next week. Let's see him the it's week a little after. More proven, a little yes. more proven. I agree with you, even though uh, Jones is coming off of that hamstring injury. But to wrap things up here, let's get out 
uh, those game picks. Do you have who? I think you sent in like the text. Let's get those out and talk about our game picks here, real yeah, quick. Yeah, let's talk about them. So. In last place, Hunter, explain yourself with that four and five record. Who didn't okay. show up for you? <laughs> a lot of guys. Well, first off, the Giants. The Giants was a big one that hurt me and Kobe. We yeah. called it. I really thought. I mean, they were I really thought they were going to walk away. Sparty. K one. I did pick Sparty. I was feeling. Yeah. I After that Penn first State half, it felt down. pretty good, man. Yeah. Felt pretty good. And then also, I can't pick against my lines. I will have a L forever because I'm going to pick the lines the rest of the year. So I, I, I can't. I, I can't pick against. Them. Exactly. I still root for I the lines. I can't pick against them. I still root for the lines. What I'm pick against Actually, this week. This week. Spoiler alert! I'm probably going to pick Tennessee because that's my second team. Okay. Oh word, word. Five, Five and four. Me. Honestly, a lot of the same situations as uh, Hunter over here. I just fared one game better. That's all it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, the, it could have been worse. I, I was, was this close to picking the Dolphins. Uh, Lions. Oh, you picked the Chiefs. No, you picked the Packers. You're right. I picked the Packers, so that was the yeah. only difference between us and, and the Lions. And then you also picked... Um, Who? I think we all, we all college picked football was different. I was 1-2 and two in college football. You were 3-1. and one. He was 2-1. and one. You were 2-1. and one. No, yeah, I had USC and then uh, UNC. So, you had, did you have Miami? You had Miami. Was that it? I had Miami. Yeah, I had Miami. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's Dude, it. did well, you see him? Did you see him in the Twitter? He went. Yeah. 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 So Drew. Well, I'm sitting over here with eight and one. My only loss was my was my own team, the Browns, which I'll be okay with eight every time. One. I'm surprised, man. Eight yeah. and one. I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of surprised. Dude, Dan Orlovsky over here. Yeah, I know, right? Watching too many football <laughs> games. Yeah, I was hey, waiting for, for him to hey. rub it in. Hey, good for you, Hunter. Hunter, I think you know what to do. Tuesday, I catch you. Oh, whoa. what? Whoa. He made whoa. a clap. No, no. Don't scoop down to his level. Eight and one's impressive. I'm not yeah, going to lie. Eight and one, eight one, you don't see. Quite impressive. Yeah. You don't see I'll any type of analyst. College game one. day, put me on, baby. I know real, what I'm talking man. about. Bear? Watch Who's me Bear? He doesn't know yeah. anything. Gosh. Watch me this weekend. Of course, like, so what are you doing? Gosh. But. We should do like 10 games this week. So it's just even. 10 games? Maybe. Or maybe, we should, yeah, even four, out our number. Four college. Even out our number. Six NFL. Either way, man, that was that was fun. I really am surprised you finished eight and one there. So am I. Let's talk about the guys. you changed yours. I did. Let's talk about the guys that caught our eye this week or the teams. Um, Do you want to start? I'd love to. I started last time, so I want to make sure I get this one good. Good, good. good. All right. So my eye catcher is uh, Cam Akers. Okay. Uh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Who's Cam Akers, for those who may not know? Cam Akers, running back. LA. Wait, I'm gonna. Yeah, I was about. I was about to say St. Louis, St. Louis, yep. LA. <laughs> LA Rams. Yep, there you go. Um, Sean McVay finally gave Acres the keys to the backfield after like splitting that. time with him with Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. A lot of people thought Henderson was going to be. Like I kind of thought he guy, was too, and he was for a couple weeks. But then Cam Akers, he finally was like, "Okay, this time you're going to get 90 percent of the snaps," which I believe he got. Like, like I'm pretty sure Henderson had two carries, and Brown actually had zero carries this game. Really? Um, he had yeah. 29 carries, 171 yards rushing. Wow. Stomping over the Patriots, which we all watched wow. that game last Thursday. Just brutal. the Patriots looked brutal. They're over that defense. And then I think L.A. has finally, we were talking about it earlier, like you need that running game. But while the Bills aren't significant, I think the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC because they finally found that running game with anchors. Acres. They got weapons. And good point. They have weapons. They do have weapons. For the foreseeable future. I see Akers being that guy for them. So he had 29 carries, 170 yards, and that is the most since a Rams rookie since 1993, which was uh, Thompson. Where do you go to school? Florida State. Florida, Florida State. State. Interesting. Number three recruit coming out of say, high school. That's a great pick then, Hunter. Great pick. Thank you. Thank great you. pick. I will follow that. And my team slash person was Arizona State. 
the Sun Devils, under the uh, watchful eye of Herm Edwards, their head coach. ASU was 0-2 on the year until this weekend where they dominated in what's called the Territorial Cup, which is against the in-state rival Arizona. Not only did they win 70-7, to dude, that 70 points in any level of football is embarrassing for the other squad. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Unless it's 70 to 63. And <laughs> unless it's 70 to 63. In this case, it most definitely was not. They got the Arizona head coach, Kevin Sumlin, fired, which is probably a long time coming considering his record and his tenure there. It hasn't been the same since Johnny Menzel. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point because he coached him at uh, AM. So he really has not. And his record at Arizona shows that. But back to ASU, this team is not nearly as bad as their record shows. 0 2 into this game. Arizona was 0 3. It was not really the Territorial Cup. It was like a toilet bowl coming into this thing. And Arizona State emerged out of the flames of this. The flames. They emerged out of this game. The Sun Devils. Exactly. And they looked like a totally different team. They lost to USC by one point in week one. A team now, the Trojans, who are looking to be in potentially a New Year's Six or even have a crack at the playoff, which I don't think will happen now because of the Pac-12 championship. But still a solid team in USC. They also lost a close game to UCLA in week two. Who was competing with USC. Exactly. USC was really just edged them out in that game. So for me, Arizona State, although they will not have nearly the amount of recognition they deserve because of those those finishes in those two games, you know, they've really showed out and they have a ton of young players. Oh, yeah. Some true freshman players. They had a true freshman kick returner that had a huge return to start off that game. True freshman running back. I don't know the names of these guys off the top of my head, but I do remember that they're very young. And the quarterback is very young as well. Sophomore. Exactly. So they got a lot of young talent there in Tempe, Arizona. Number one party school in the country. Oh, totally. They're, they're, they had a good time that Saturday night. Yeah. yeah Herm Edwards, right he's doing great things in Tempe. He's already beat COVID, and he's taking that program in the right direction. He so that was the COVID. team That was the team that stood out for me, and I, I, I thought it was a pretty good pick. To go off with both what you said, they were actually predicted to be really good this year pre-COVID. Yeah. Because of last year's ending success mm-hmm. when they beat Justin Herbert. Yes. I took Cam Akers in my fantasy league because I thought he was going to be that dude. He ended up not being that dude until this past Oh, I week. drafted him in my first league, yeah. too, and then I dropped him. Yeah. yeah. I also drafted – well, I didn't draft him, but I traded for this guy that I'm talking about. He's one of the best college running backs of all time, Ooh. Jonathan Taylor. Stats-wise, I mean, I wouldn't say talent-wise. He was dominant. Really, but it, was all, it always sucked playing Wisconsin. I got it right here, don't I? So the Colts desperately needed a win, <laughs> especially nice. after um, they lost to the uh, Titans. They so got thumped. Yes, my and dogs. then they ended, up beating, they ended up beating the Texans. Very close one. But you could tell they weren't playing their best football. No. Um, especially after that Packers win. Yeah. And so with Baltimore, Cleveland, Vegas, Miami, Indianapolis fighting for three spots between the six of them or five of them, whatever it is, Jonathan Taylor finally had his breakout game where we're starting to see rookie running backs win out of the Big Ten. Saquon, Zeke, him, Le'Veon, when he came out of Michigan State. None of them are from Michigan, of course. But um, Jonathan Taylor steps up when Naeem Himes, who had a big day against the Lions. And can do a quadruple backflip gymnastic something. Simone Biles. We'll just call it one of those. He's unreal athletic. JT runs for 150 yards, two touchdowns. And the Colts get a 9-4 record, and they're tied because they lost to the Browns. Yep. for that, So they're in that sixth spot. Either way, I think the Colts, if they can find that running attack, I'm not confident in Phillip Rivers. I'm confident in their defense because of Buckner and Leonard. They can make some damage. It's, it's almost about like that. another Tennessee team where Tennessee, yeah. like, which is more. I, I trust, Tannehill's, I trust, Tannehill's, I trust yeah. Tannehill more than Rivers, but. Exactly. Agree. Yeah. 
at this stage in his career. But talk about that duo between him and Hines compared to something like the Browns exactly. have. Well, I Whoa. think... Not I think, saying they're the same level. I'm just saying compare the dynamic between two guys who are... I mean, we could talk about that with Swift and Carrion if you really want to. <laughs> yeah, I would say they it's more... They haven't been <laughs> more closer healthy, to Swift though. and Carrion. Do you know what I mean, though? They haven't been yeah. consistently healthy, so you can't really make that comparison. But talk, just talk about it. I think that... It's not to the same level nearly. I understand. I think it reminds me of when Darren Sproles and a young Mark Ingram... Interesting. ...in New Orleans. Okay. Or even a Kamara and, and old and, Mark Ingram. Exactly. Okay. Like, it's not... It's not top-notch. You know, Jonathan Taylor's not a top-10 back. I think he will be. I was going to say that as I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be here to stay. And Hines is kind of like a James White almost, really. Okay. So, catch behind. Yeah. Catch it. And so, like, a, it kind of is like a Sony Michelle James White, if you think about it. Really. Okay. What happened but, to Sony Michelle, man? Yeah, he was, man, bro. He was going to be a dog. He's Patriots, right? Yeah. Yep. But um, I think the Colts are, with that running attack, got a chance. They could fight off a team like – Pittsburgh, who can't run the ball, and if they can run the ball effectively, waste that clock, force Big Ben to yeah. throw it deep yeah. against that Colts defense, be a great game. They're a complete team. They're one of the more complete teams that They've I've seen. They've seen a better quarterback, which Matthew Stafford or rumored Carson Wentz might get traded Yeah, to. so let's Wentz talk about that because I, Wentz is most likely going to be gone, but the problem with him is that he has like $24 million in his contract yeah. next year. So whether or not the team that picks him up will have to pick up that baggage that comes with it will be a huge factor in whether or not he's going to be a It's either a he gets target. traded, he gets traded, and they pick up that bet value, or they cut him, and they still have to pay him There's while no he's on way. their team. There's no way they cut him. Yeah, they, they won't they, cut him. They won't cut him. They can't. That's just such so a you dead rather, weight. You That's rather keep him as a backup. Yeah, because in case, an insurance policy. Touché. Yeah, you have a guy who just, you said it earlier, he's not proven himself yet, Jalen. What if he comes out? You don't want to run your, your your new quarterback, your new future into the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, and I even told you this when we were in Cleveland. I mean, you pick him in the second round, you're thinking he's the guy, though. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Frank Reich, who's the head coach of the Colts, he got that job because he led Nick Foles to the Super Bowl as the offense coordinator. Carson Wentz, MVP season where he was that caliber. Frank Reich was his OC. So apparently there's some mutual interest because of that. Hmm. It's a good, I mean, it's a realistic connection. I get yeah. it. I don't think it's going to happen. I'd love to see Stafford there. I'm not going to lie. Stafford, it, or wa- if Alex Smith doesn't really, wa- if Alex Smith doesn't work out, Stafford in Washington would be awesome. Dominate the division. That would be awesome. Yeah. Go Dominate back because I used to love Washington with RG three. Yeah, with RG three, like that was my second team, and then with Kirk Cousins. And yeah, then, with Kirk, I, I yeah, yeah, I'd root him. RG three can shut up about his. DK Metcalf memes. Yeah, RG3 Browns. needs to be quiet on Twitter. <laughs> I love so. RG3. He's in the IR. I no. love it. Stop talking. Jeez. But either way, I mean, that's all we got for today. Mm-hmm. Hunter? With another one. Um, congratulations. End of the episode. Um, like Billy from Pardon My Take when he would do those. Uh, Sound a little <laughs> upset. He's a little depressed. You're, you're doing I right? mean, I had a long day to guys. We're here for you. I had a long day today, guys. Um, my friends didn't invite me to go watch the Browns with me. <sighs> Ass. But hey, what are you going to do? You made it to the end of the episode. Congratulations. Find me on Venmo. Venmo. I doubt Venmo. anybody will. But if you find me, request money. I will send it to you. What? I have $3 to my name. So wow. there's three. There's three people. First three. Thank first you three. for listening to another episode of Division One Rejects. Stay tuned for later this week. Two great guests coming on. Who we got coming on? Why don't you tell me about the first guy? Well, we got former NFL kicker, former Michigan State special teams coach, Dave Rayner, now at Oxford, coaching me as he was an Oxford grad. Yeah. Um, so, so first time NFL, yeah. I guess, ex-NFL for the podcast. That's going to be. Along with that, Caleb Smith, 
out of Davidson High School here in Michigan, who went to go play at South Dakota State, a Division One FCS school, has entered the transfer portal, now is at Ferris State University, he's a safety. He'll be coming on to talk about his situation and his process of going through that. I hate Ferris. Um, who's Thursday night? Thursday. Thursday night football, we got Ferris. Herbert versus uh, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. Raiders need a big dub. They do. They do. All hey, that I, and I, more. You know what I like? Let's do the, these picks right now for that game then. Uh, we can do it next week. But, I mean, the people are going to see it on Friday, so people already know That's the true. Game. That's true. I'm taking the Raiders. I got Jacobs. I'm going to go with the Raiders, too. Okay, I'll go, I'll go Chargers for that game. I love Herbert. Raiders have been, haven't been playing very I good. I love Herbert, too. But I love I Herbert. He's on my fantasy team. Big game out of him. Gruden's got those boys <laughs> pumped. Yep. Better. Gruden's Knock on wood if you're with me. Come on. <laughs> Come on, we're finishing. Knock on wood. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your support. <laughs> D1 Rejects. See you Thursday slash Friday when you'll actually see it.